Good morning, everyone. Friends, our first reading um, explains to us what happened, how sin first entered the world, and it comes by way of disobedience by people and by plan for all of us to remedy and to fix what had happened. And he did so because he's mean? No, because he's a good God. He did it uh, because he was angry? No, he did it because he loved us. And in our gospel, we're told about how um, Mary uh, becomes pregnant and she will bear the very Son of God. So my friends, on this solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, uh, oftentimes uh, Christians, even within our Roman Catholic rite, become confused by what we are celebrating today. And so the Immaculate Conception means that Mary was preserved free from all stain of original sin from the moment of her conception in her mother's womb. Do you remember her mom's name? What's her mom's name? St. Anne. And we are told by the church the singular grace and privilege, as blessed Pope Pius uh, called it, was given to Mary in view of her vocation to be the mother of the world's Savior. It would be unfitting, then, that she who would bring forth the sinless one, Jesus, should herself be stained by original sin. The Immaculate Conception of Mary in her mother's womb and the virginal conception of Jesus in Mary's womb are necessary parts of this most critical event of salvation history and of our personal lives. It is only when we see Mary's privileges in relation to our own needs of salvation and grace that they stop being these this dogma, as we call this teaching, that seems so hard to understand, and instead they become precious words to us. Mary was given many graces, and most of them have something to do with you and I, not so much her. When we appreciate that Mary and her motherhood and all the privileges and graces that were given to her are integral to God's plan for salvation, her motherhood reaches beyond the mothering of the Son of Jesus to the spiritual mothering of the kingdom on earth and of the church and of all of us individually and very personally. Her vocation has not ended as she, by God's will, this is God's will, this is his plan, continues to assist you and I, who by baptism are now her children. Today's solemnity provides me with the opportunity to tell you this, so I hope you will understand, but it also gives me the opportunity to talk about her. So I want to talk about Mary. A lot of times people see her as a stained glass window and the statue, and almost unnatural, but she was very natural. She laughed and she cried and she played when she was little, and when she got older, uh, she did many things that a mom has to do. She has to cook and clean. She has to argue with her husband. <gasps> what? No. Yes. <laughs> so my friends, um, Mary, in accordance with the custom of her time, was probably a young teenager when she was betrothed to Joseph, when she was engaged, if you will. We think of her conception of the Messiah as a joyful event for the human race, and indeed it was. However, it must have been very challenging for this teenage girl, Mary. 
One, Joseph, we are told in the scriptures, did not believe her explanation for being pregnant. And remember, they were not living together. They had not been husband and wife. But he, she told him, I am pregnant. So, and then when she said how it happened, he did not believe her. And we are told in the scriptures, because of that, he decided to divorce her quietly when he got to the next town. So that's heartbreaking news. Now, we don't know how much time had passed before he, because of a dream. Remember, the scriptures tell us in a dream, the angel talked to him. And he changed his mind about things. How must Mary have felt during that time when Joseph regarded her as being unfaithful to him? This frustration and this darkness around her must have been so difficult for Mary, a young girl. No words of her were able to convince Joseph, the man who she was betrothed to, the man who she loved, that she was telling the truth, and she was. She was completely powerless in the dark about what would happen next. She simply had to wait for God to reveal what would happen next. Shortly after Joseph and Mary had reconciled, meaning Joseph said, no, no, I'm not going to divorce you. We're going to stay together. She left for Joseph's home, and then eventually she, as the scriptures tell us today, traveled to Judah, to Judea, uh, to visit her much older cousin, Elizabeth. No doubt that was an expression of Mary's charity of heart, her concern for her older relative, who was pregnant also. Friendship and companionship of someone who had, like herself, been unexpectedly touched by God in a certain way that would radically change their lives. Elizabeth was someone who could, much more than Joseph, understand what was happening to Mary. She was someone with whom Mary could share her feelings about the new life that was growing within her body and that Mary can talk to her about the baby that was in her body. And there is a scriptural account of these two women's meetings. My friends, perhaps the final picture of Mary is given uh, by the reference in the Acts of the Apostles in our scriptures to her presence in the upper room in Jerusalem with the disciples before the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Many years had now passed since she had given birth to Jesus. Mary had now become mature in years. She got older and she had more experience and her faith grew stronger and stronger the same Mary who had tracked Jesus' life with all of its joys and sufferings and had followed Jesus to Calvary in his passion, had stood by his cross and seen his lifeless body taken down from it. Mary had stood her ground when most of the disciples had run away out of fear. She too had endured along with her son all the taunts and horrible words thrown at Jesus by the crowds. That was his mother. She, too, was heartbroken that people would say such things about her son. She had seen it all from the beginning, and she knew now that the end of his life was not really the end. In the upper room on that day, she was the witness to all that God had done through her son and a source of strength and comfort 
to the fearful disciples and friends of Jesus as they prayed together and in fear awaited what would happen next. So to all of you today, we gather to celebrate God's choice of Mary. We can find renewed confidence and inspiration in her life. She was a great disciple. She trusted God always in all things. We know that God's choice did not mean that she got instant answers to her life's questions. And we know that uh, she did not get instant solutions to challenges. She had challenges in the world just like us. She had to persevere, and she had to struggle, and she had to wait. As often, you and I have to struggle and wait, too. But she never lost faith. She trusted God always. So my friends, each of us can approach Mary, the mother of Jesus of Nazareth, and our mother, with our hopes, and we can come to her with our needs, and we can come to her with our struggles. She can help us because she is the mother, and being a mother, she can understand our difficulties, and after having understood our difficulties, for she herself knew challenges, she will help us by God's grace and for the glory of her Son. So let us approach Mary, the mother, confidently both now and at the hour of our death. Amen? My friends, in salvation history, only two people were ever born without sin. One would be Jesus because he's God. So he was incarnated, no sin. And the other person, who's the other person in human history that didn't have sin? Who? Mary. That's what we're celebrating. So if today is we celebrate the conception, when do you think would be Mary's birthday then? No, not today. today. No, think about it. Yes. We'll go a little bit more. You're getting closer. When, when do you think her birthday? How long does it take to, for a, a woman to have a baby? September. Today's the 8th. September 8th is her birthday. So on September 8th, we all better have birthday cake for her. Anybody else celebrate their birthday on September 8th? You do? Oh, okay. I was like, uh-oh. So everyone, I have an icon, and it has two ladies on there. Now, in iconography, the writer, he writes as he prays. <clears throat> so who do you think this is? Ah, who said Mary? Mary. This is Mary. She's supposed to be a baby, but in iconography, she's a little person instead. <laughs> but that means baby. So then who would that be? There's another lady. And... St. Anne. So this is St. Anne, Mary's mom, and that's Mary. She's supposed to be a baby, but she's like a little lady. <laughs> she's always a lady. And this helps us to understand what today is, because people get confused. Now, while everything's always about Jesus, <laughs> today is about what God did for Mary. He kept her free of sin because she would become the mother of? Jesus. And because Jesus is God, we needed a vessel. 
uh, God needed a vessel. And Mary said, yes, yes, I'll do this. I don't understand how you're doing it, but okay, I'll do this. Today, God, as the second reading told us, chooses us to also be vessels, not like Mary. That's going to be different. But he asked us if we would bear Jesus, his life, his testimony to other people. And I hope each one of you would say yes to that. When, because Mary said yes, and it worked out fine. If you say yes to God, it'll work out fine. Look at Father Mark. He said yes to God finally. And it seems to be working out okay so far. Some people might say no. <laughs> but God would say yes. Amen?